That song is such a simple song, and the rhyme isn't that impressive, to be honest. And yet, Lord has used the simplicity of those words to just be an encouragement and a help. So thankful for that song, thankful for the songwriter who wrote it in the midst of his discouragement and his distress. Lord helped him and to be a blessing to people he'd never meet, people he'd never know. I don't know when he wrote those words if he ever even dreamed or imagined what God would do with those words. And we never know what God will do with what little bit we give him. Sometimes we get discouraged and feel like we're not doing much for God, and God says, only I know, only I know what, what I can do with that. If you have your Bibles, turn with me, if you would, to the book of Jonah, chapter 2. Jonah, chapter 2. We have, last week, we started a, a series of revival sermons from the book of Jonah to help prepare us for our own revival. I'm trusting that the Lord will help us this morning. Jonah, chapter 2, invite you to stand with me for the reading of God's Word. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly, and said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. For thou hast cast me into the deep, in the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about. All thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. The waters compassed me about, even to the soul. The depths closed me around about. The weeds were wrapped about my head. I went down to the bottom of the mountains. The earth within her bars was about me forever, yet hast thou brought me up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came in unto thee, into thine holy temple. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy, but I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that which I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord, and the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. Father, thank you for your mercy. Thankful that when we've gone astray, that you've come and rescue us. I ask that you one more time that you would anoint these lips of clay. May we rightly divide the word of truth. May you be glorified. We ask these things in your name. Amen. You may be seated. Have you ever messed up? I mean, really messed up. I'm not talking about just a mistake. I'm not talking about, you know, an accident. But I'm talking about a great, big disaster. Oh, by the way, my name is Jonah. And I'm here to preach for your pastor. He needed a break today. 
And so I, I'm here to tell you my story about a time when I messed up big. You know most of my story, I think. You know about the time when the Lord called me to preach to the Ninevites, of all people, the Assyrians. You can't know how much I hated them. You can't know how much I loathed their very being. Do you know how many times they attacked my country? Do you know how many times they assaulted me? Assaulted the people I loved and I cared for. You probably can't understand that. You're not a prophet. You're not a pastor. But you're protective of the people that God's called you to care for. You're protective of the people that, that the Lord has given you responsibility to, to pray over and to pastor and, 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 just, and just to guard them. You guard them with your prayers and you guard them with your uh, prophetic words, trying to help them to make the right choices. You try so hard to, to protect them from danger. And yet here came these Assyrians over and over against my country and, and took away some of my people into slavery. And I hated them for it. And then God said, go. Even when I say it, my mouth kind of feels like I have lemon juice in it. Just really something about going to the people that have hurt me and hurt my people. And Lord said, go. I want to tell you something that happened when God told me to go. Something terrible happened. My heart got hard. It got really, really hard. I decided I was going to do something. And looking back, it was foolish. But you know what? When you have a hard heart, you become foolish. Something about when your heart gets hard, it makes it where your mind gets clouded. It, it, uh, there should be a term for that too, because a hard heart makes for a stupid head. I decided that I was going to flee from the very presence of God, where God couldn't see me. Do you know how ridiculous that is? I know that now, but I didn't realize it then. I had no clue that the hardness of my heart was making me dumb. That I could somehow find somewhere where God isn't. But I decided that I would go and I would go to Tarshish. I was going as far as I thought was possible to the end of the earth in the opposite direction of Nineveh. If, if there's anywhere that God isn't, it's got to be about 2,000 miles away from Israel, right? away from his holy temple, away from his sacrifices, away from, from his presence that was dwelling there in Jerusalem. If I was 2,000 miles away, certainly God wouldn't find me. So I, I know, silly. Silly. But how often have you gone and you thought what you were doing was in secret? that no one knew about what you were doing. I know it's silly for me. I was a prophet. I should know. But how many times have you done the same thing? 
So I, I went into the ship and, and I paid the fare and, and I, I went down and, and you know, we settled, started sailing and you know, we got away from the shore and, and uh, it was getting on towards evening. I was exhausted. Do you know running away from the Lord is exhausting? It is exhausting to run away from God. You would think that it'd be comfortable on that ship, but, but honestly, I had been running so far from God and I could hear the voice of God in my head telling me I was doing the wrong thing. But as every time I heard his voice, I hardened my heart just a little more. Just a little more. I didn't want to hear the truth. I didn't want to hear from God. And I thought, man, if I could just get to Tarshish, I won't have to hear this voice in my head any longer. I went down to sleep, and I fell into a deep, deep, deep sleep. I had been troubled. I, had, I hadn't had a good night's rest in so long because my conscience had been bothering me. The Lord had kept waking me up in the night, wouldn't let me sleep. I knew what I was doing wasn't the right thing. But, but now, finally, on this ship, I fell asleep. But then he woke me that captain. Do you know what the scariest thing in the world is? Being on a ship and seeing panic in the eyes of your captain. You modern people, you don't ride in boats like we do. Could you imagine if you're on an airplane and over the intercom you heard a very, very anxious voice saying, Folks, please settle down. Uh, please get your seatbelts on. We're all going to die. I mean, crash. I mean, uh, um, uh, just hold on. I suppose you'd panic too. I went up to the top. They, and do you know what the captain asked us to do? He told us all to pray to our gods. And, and here I saw those pagans. They were calling out to their different gods. And one was praying to a god, and I knew that, that he required child sacrifice. And I thought, oh, he's, what is, that false god's never going to hear anything. And then I heard another one crying out, and, and I knew that that one required heard these kind, uh, uh, this kind of thing and that kind of thing. And, and I'm listening to all these false gods, being called, their name being called on. And do you know what was in my heart? contempt for those men and my heart was so full of hatred and so much contempt i never bothered to pray myself these people these pagans are praying to the only gods they know and i know the true and living god and my heart so hard in my chest it has become so rock hard from repeatedly telling God no that when it was my, when my life's in danger, I wouldn't even pray. That's a hard heart. That's a hard heart. I didn't feel compassion for those sailors. They were all fools with their false gods. Someone finally got the crazy idea to cast lots. I thought, this ought to be good. Their false gods aren't going to give them a true reading. They cast their lots, and wouldn't you know, the Lord had the lot fall on me. I should have felt guilty in that moment, but you know what? I, want you, I never felt a lick of guilt. 
I knew I'd been found out. I was a little embarrassed. I told them my story. I told them the truth. There was nothing else I could do. They asked, what can we do? And I said, well, the only thing you can do is throw me overboard. They wouldn't do it. Looking back, I feel so ashamed. Those pagans cared more about my soul than I cared about myself. But I didn't see it in the moment. I didn't see it in the moment. I was so full of, of, of hatred and so full of wanting to do my own thing and my, so full of just wanting to get away from God that I couldn't even see that they cared more about me than, than I cared about me. Finally, when the storm wouldn't give up, they threw me overboard. Hard heart and all. And you know, even as I was flying through the air, I thought, at least I'm not going to have to go to Nineveh. At least I'm not going to have to go. I hit the water. Oh, it was cold. Oh, it was cold. And something strange happened. I can't explain it to you. I felt something just pulling me deeper and deeper into the water. I didn't fight on the top. I didn't, I didn't, I was I wasn't able to pull myself up to the top to get air. All I just felt this pull just deeper and deeper into the water. As I'm going going deeper and deeper, I realize that this is it. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pass out, I'm gonna die. This is the end. And all of a sudden, I found myself swallowed by a giant sea monster. And I thought, oh, great. Things have gone from bad to worse. I couldn't just drown nicely. I had to be swallowed up by this big whale, this big old fish. I'm going to have to be swallowed up by this thing. And I'm going to have to be miserable for even longer. And I want you to know, I was not happy about this fish. I didn't know it then, but it was the mercy of God in my life, and I hated it. I didn't want mercy. I didn't want, I didn't want to be in the, uh, saved. I just wanted to die and be done with it and not go to Nineveh and not be around any more pagans. I just wanted to be by myself and die and be, have it over with. I'm in this belly, this whale. And I want you to know this is not some Pinocchio version of being in a whale. Disney did a great disservice to my story. I mean, here they've got a nice little room in there, and they've got a little fire going, and I mean, roasting marshmallows, singing Kumbaya. I, I want you to know that is not the way it was. I don't write a lot of, about what it was like to be in, inside the whale, and there's a reason for that. If I wrote about that, that's all you'd care about in my story. If I told you about my experience in there, that would be you, people would dissect it and they would look at it and they they'd try to try to determine whether it was scientifically possible and and they would they'd focus all about my time there. But I want you to know in the midst of that, I was suffering. I do tell you a little bit. I tell you about 
how that the seaweed is wrapped around my head. It's, it's, it, do you know how miserable and slimy that is? I'm having trouble breathing. The, the water is coming in and, and I'm having trouble oh, trying to get my head. I keep passing out. I go in and out of consciousness trying somehow to, to survive and, and feeling the burn of the gastric juices of that creature as it's bleaching my skin. It was not a pleasure cruise, I can tell you that. And all the while, while I'm hurting, the Lord is starting to soften my heart. No quick death for me but a slow melting of the heart. I'm here in the bottom of the ocean. I, here I am suffering. Here I am miserable. And I, <laughs> I told you that hard hearts make for, for foolish heads. I thought God couldn't find me in here and couldn't see me here. I'm outside of where God can see. In fact, I wasn't even sure if I was alive. I thought maybe I'd already been shown up in hell. I wasn't even sure where I was. But all I could do, all I could think is, is there, was a, there was just one voice that kept saying, why don't you pray? Why don't you pray? And so I did. I started telling the Lord how wonderful He was. And I told the Lord how awful the pagans were. And how they didn't turn from their idols. And, and how they... Uh, how they ought to be gotten real good because they didn't turn from their idols. And, and I told the Lord about uh, just all sorts of things. And, and, I, and I just began to tell Him about, about Him and, and about... And then all of a sudden, I've been, you know, three days in and out of consciousness, suddenly came come to me, what about your vows? What about the time when I called you to be a prophet and you said you'd say what I told you to say. And you would tell the people that I sent you to what I said. What about the vows you made back there? The Lord knows how to soften hard hearts. I didn't know which way the temple was. I didn't know if God could hear me so far away from the temple. I mean, I'm at the bottom of the ocean. Can God see and hear me at the bottom of the ocean? I didn't know. But all of a sudden, I realized that if I was going to get right with God, if I was going to uh, ever get out of the belly of this fish, I was going to have to promise to keep my vows. You see, obedience is where it's at. There's some people that say that obedience is a work salvation and, and by our obedience we're trying to, to be saved. No, we're saved by the grace of God. And we are kept by the grace of God. It isn't our obedience afterwards that keeps us. It's the grace of God that keeps us. But do you see that's the obedience that's our part that keeps the channels clear and it keeps our hearts from getting hard and it keeps us from losing out on what we know God wants for us. And I knew, I knew that if I ever got out of this fish that the first thing that God was going to do is say, go to Nineveh. 
And I didn't want to do it. And I still didn't want to do it. I still didn't want those Ninevites to hear the message of salvation. I didn't want to do it because I believed that if, if they responded that God would forgive them. And I didn't want them to be forgiven because they'd hurt me and they hurt the people I loved. But I knew I had no choice. Either I had to be obedient or I'd be lost forever. And so I told the Lord, I will pay my vows. Salvation is of the Lord. And he spit me out. So glad that whale spit me out. You might wonder why I'm telling you my story this morning. And it's simply this. As revival comes, you can't expect for the Lord to come in the services and to meet the needs of your heart and the hearts of the people you care about if you've got some disobediences that are still hardening your heart. The Holy Spirit moves and works on hearts that are tender towards Him. And He may send some suffering, He may send some storms and he may send a giant fish to melt your heart but do you know that those same storms and that same fish can also harden our hearts even further and we can't expect for god to come and move in our in the services of, of a revival or of a church service if we're still harboring disobediences because we think God doesn't see and the church doesn't know and the pastor doesn't know and we're not going to be honest and so our hard heart has given us empty heads and we think that it doesn't matter that we are behind in our obedience. But there's another reason I wanted to tell you my story. Some of you love Jonah. You've got some Jonas in your life a son or a daughter, a friend, a cousin, a brother, a sister, and they're running away. They've paid the fare, and they're in the storms of life without hope. Maybe they're in the belly of a sea monster, and it's miserable, and all you wish you could do is rescue them. But I want to tell you something. If God can melt a cold, hard heart like mine, He can melt the cold, hard heart of that person you love. He can find them out. And even though they may believe they've gone too far, and I thought I did at the bottom of the sea, but I want you to know that God's grace reaches farther than the deepest sea. And that there's no place that we can go that God's hands cannot reach out. I've proven that with my own life. And that person you're praying for, that person that you're in the, in the place of, of, of uh, the spiritual warfare for, I want you to know, don't quit praying for them. Because it might just be that God is going to send a great fish into their life and melt their heart. My story is well known. 
But the question is, is, are you living it? And are you living the lessons of it? And do you believe that God's still able to catch Jonah right where he needs to be, to have his heart melted? Let's stand together. Dean, dismiss us, please.